The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Please flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt Impasse Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake. Check out puntandpass.com the number one destination for all things college football. Hope everybody is recovering on this Monday from an awesome, awesome Thanksgiving and holiday weekend. Jake, I know I am. It was like five straight days of food and drink and football. And uh, I capped it off yesterday by watching the Commanders beat the Falcons. Jake Fromm, you guys just keep winning up there in the D.C. area. How are you, man? I ain't doing good, Drew. Nothing better than victory Monday in the NFL followed by the great Thanksgiving we all had. Uh, it was awesome. Ate plenty. I'm yeah. stuffed. Did a few gassers today to run it off. But uh, excited for this episode this afternoon. Let's do it. Yeah, man. We got a bunch to get into. Conference Championship Week is here. It's on deck. We're going to recap all the craziness that has been going down since the end of the regular season. Rivalry Week. The coaching carousel is certainly spinning. And we will touch on all that. But first off, I have to let you know if you're listening now, there is still time. There is still time to get involved in the Solomon Brothers giveaway that is happening right now for Punt and Pass listeners. That's right. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by none other than Solomon Brothers Jewelers. You know all about them by now and for good reason only. It's the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. If you go to Solomon Brothers and mention the Punt and Pass podcast or mention myself or Jake, you can get up to 10% off your jewelry purchase they have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed and what they're doing for two lucky punt and pass listeners right now through the end of the month which takes you until wednesday is they're giving away two one thousand dollar gift cards to solomon brothers jewelers all you have to do is subscribe to the punt and pass youtube channel and follow solomon brothers on instagram that's it they are at solomon brothers on instagram Subscribe to the Punt and Pass YouTube channel, which you can find on YouTube or at puntandpass.com, and follow at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. And boom, you're entered to win a $1,000 gift card to Solomon Brothers. The only caveat is that gift card is only redeemable in store, and they have two amazing locations. One in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower 
place. Solomon Brothers Jewelers has the biggest selection, the best quality, and the lowest prices. Check them out and follow them at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. We appreciate you, Solomon Brothers. So, Jake, it's, I mean, look, we're trying to give away $1,000 gift cards to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. And what better time? The holiday season is here in full swing. Thank you, Solomon Brothers. You know what else is in full swing? The college football playoff scenarios that will be laid out tomorrow night in Mm. the penultimate rankings from the college football playoff committee. This is first down and three and out. Assumingly, Jake, Georgia will stay number one. Michigan moves up to number two after dismantling Ohio State in Columbus. TCU holding steady, undefeated. They'll probably be number three. And then I think Southern Cal, the Trojans, slip in to number four. That's at least how the AP poll is shaking out right now. So I'm going to get your thoughts, but it looks like if Georgia wins this upcoming weekend, Michigan wins this upcoming weekend, TCU wins the big 12 and USC wins the PAC 12, you should have four conference champions making it to the college football playoffs. Yeah. I think if everybody wins out, I think that's exactly what you get. However, however, if somebody loses, is it Ohio state or is it? The Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, buddy. Is it? Is it? Um, Because I would love to make the argument for Tennessee because I think they have better wins. However, the committee, I believe, is going to look at it and say they do not have their guy. They don't have Hinton Hooker. So I don't think they would get that nod over Alabama. Now, I watched the Alabama-Auburn game. They played better Alabama football, more likely – uh, we're used to seeing uh, they gave up some points on defense, had a hard time uh, containing Auburn quarterback Robbie Ashford, but um, they they played better. I think they they just wanted to show the world, hey, we're, we're Alabama football. We got a chance. Um, I enjoyed watching LSU lose, and yes. I also enjoyed watching Clemson lose. Get them out of there. Don't don't put yep. them in, in, in talks. They, they don't deserve it. Um, you know, I, I take that back. I did want LSU to win, so the SC championship was a bigger deal. Yep. Top five matchup. Yeah, top five matchup. They have won. Yep. Yep. Bigger deal, but uh, nothing better uh, than seeing Clemson lose. So those are my thoughts. Tell me, what you, tell me what you got. I've got a lot to break down, and mostly it revolves around one team, and that's the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, you just brought up a point that I really hadn't considered, and that's that Hendon Hooker is out, right? He's done yeah. for the year. Hendon Hooker tore his ACL against South Carolina. Obviously, such a gut punch to see after he was having an amazing year. Surely the committee will take that into consideration when they are making that decision. If one of those teams, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, or UC, USC, excuse me, loses this upcoming weekend, history would tell you that one of those teams is going to lose. You will have some chaos. Now, before I get into what I think, the best way to get rid of all the speculation is to do what? Televise that college football mm. playoff game. It'd be so awesome. It'd be mm, fascinating. Mm, mm, mm. It would be fascinating to hear those 13 people try to justify their thought processes, come up to an agreement, why you would put Alabama ahead of Tennessee after Tennessee beat Alabama head to head or whatever it may be. Bring that would on. be fascinating. Yes. Television. My question is this though, if it was Alabama, what would be their biggest win of the season? What is their hallmark win of the season? Is it a one point victory at Texas? Is it beating an 84 <laughs> Ole Miss team? What about Ohio State? Ohio State just got whooped at home against Michigan. Keep in mind, Tennessee lost at Georgia, number one ranked, number one ranked Tennessee, lost to mm-hmm. number three ranked Georgia by two touchdowns. And Tennessee dropped 
four spots the next week in the college football playoff. Ohio State just lost at home by 20-plus. I do not think they will drop four spots. So right there, the committee sets the precedent that makes you wonder. Peter Burns, our good buddy who we covered, his little skirmish with Ben Watson on the podcast last Monday, he put out a great tweet. And he said, here's some food for thought. The college football playoff selection committee lists five pieces of criteria when determining their rankings. One, strength of schedule. Two, head-to-head result. Three, top 25 results. And four, results versus common opponents. That's four out of the five. Tennessee is undoubtedly better than Alabama in every single category. And probably the most important one, head-to-head. So I don't know what will happen, Jake. But you could not convince me that Alabama should be ranked ahead of Tennessee right now after what has played out through an entire regular season. I would say right now, I bet you they are. I bet you Alabama is ranked ahead of Tennessee because the committee sees brands. The committee gives favor to Lord Nick Saban. Um, And I now hearing you say it out loud, 100% understand and agree that not having Hendon Hooker will most certainly be brought up in the meeting tomorrow before they release the rankings Tuesday night. Yeah, I think that's just the the big factor. Uh, I hate it. I completely agree with the criteria. You look at the wins, you look at how they won. Um, they won big, they won exciting. It's it's awesome football, but not having Hinden Hooker is just, it's just too much, in my opinion, to overcome. Joe Milton came in and he, he did okay. He did well. They routed Vandy, but it was more of a, a run Run first offense um, kind of game. So if TCU or USC, one of them loses that fourth team in, in my opinion, it's just going to be Ohio State. Oh, okay. I I was going to wonder if you were going to go there. Yeah, I just, and and looking at, so I'm all about, tell me who who you beat. Um, And the, the two wins that Ohio State has is Notre Dame and they have the Penn State win. Yep, and and they've routed teams like Tennessee has. Um, they've had some close games as of late. Now the embarrassing loss there at the end to Michigan. Uh, you know, sometimes we like to uh, it, when you lose, it's dictated a lot. Like if yes. you lost early, it's not nearly as bad as losing late, like they just did. Um, so I just if my next team in is Ohio State, if one TCU or USC loses, um, and I I would not be surprised that TCU loses this football game. They played Kansas State already, um, and it was a, a tight, close game, and it's just really hard to beat a good football team twice. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN College Football's Twitter page, and they put out percentages of chances to get into the playoff. How they mm-hmm. come up with these statistics, I have no idea. Georgia, 99%. Michigan, 97%. Ohio State, 88% to make the college football playoff. TCU, 83%. The next best team, Alabama at 14%. (laughs) Then it goes to USC at 12%. That's crazy to me. Tennessee at 2%. Clemson at 2%. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Not not that it needs to, but that does not make any sense to me. If USC wins... They're in. Yeah. They have they yeah. have they have three wank uh, sorry three wank three ranked wins uh versus Oregon State versus Notre Dame versus USC. Um they should have beaten 12 Utah at the time. They're gonna get that opportunity again this weekend. Uh and they have the Heisman Trophy winner on their team. Yeah. So 
if they win, they're in. I totally agree. And the one last talking point that we can discuss here around Alabama is everybody is so quick to say Alabama lost two games on two plays each at the end of the game by a combined three points or whatever it is. But guess what else? They were two plays away from having four losses. So you say those with the perspective that Alabama's season could have gone way off the rails with a loss against Texas A&M with a loss against Texas, right? So And, and they should have lost the Ole Miss game. And, yes, they, they easily could have dropped the Ole Miss game as well. So who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. Again, televise the college football playoff Please do. rankings all in for it well funny to talk about on thursday's episode after the rankings come out i'm sure some more news will break us conference championship week uh gets closer um and here in atlanta georgia where i am of course the dogs will be taking on lsu um and almost every other conference championship game has big time playoff implications which is important that is always important let's go to second down uh it's something that you and i need to discuss the georgia bulldogs have now finished undefeated for the second straight year in the regular season. That's right, 12-0 and 0 in two straight seasons. Mm-hmm. Jake, it's crazy. I know you grew up a Georgia fan. You obviously played quarterback there. You did some amazing things. Uh, I grew up a Georgia fan. I did not have nearly as much success as a team as the teams you were on or the teams that are currently playing are having. But it is remarkable. I think 27 straight regular season victories for this football team, Jake. Um, yet some people are still saying Stetson Bennett is simply not a good quarterback. You and I need to discuss this. I need to get your thoughts because I saw a tweet from an all-time great NFL player. I know. An all-time great uh, who's going to be in the Falcons' ring of honor if he isn't already, who I've got tremendous amounts of respect for because of how good of a football player he is. Yep. He comes out and says, quote, the more I watch Stetson Bennett, the more I know that the four and five stars behind him are not good because Stetson Bennett is not a good quarterback. That's coming from Roddy White, folks, former Falcons great. Jake, my head almost spin off my body because I just don't <laughs> even know how to process such a short-sighted, ignorant, and just plain stupid take. It's just a stupid ass tweet, a dumb take. And I and you, assumingly, uh, could easily make the argument that that is not the case whatsoever. The most important criteria for a quarterback, thank you, should be without a doubt wins and losses. Doesn't yes. matter how pretty it is. If they get the job done, they get the job done. Doesn't matter if they're seven foot tall or five foot five, weigh 300 pounds, weigh a buck 50. Doesn't matter if they win football games or if they lose football games. That is the, should be the number one golden criteria when about evaluating if a quarterback is good or not. And Stetson has won <laughs> a tremendous amount of football games. Um, it's just, I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing? It's just the, the haterade. I just don't uh, get it. I hate it. hate it. Now, here's the thing, okay? Uh, there was another follow-up tweet by CFB Live 247 which is a great college football Twitter. The Georgia Bulldogs are currently on a 27-game regular season win streak. The overall score against mm. those opponents in that 27-game win streak is Georgia – 1,103 points to the collective opponents, 273 points. 
1,103 to 273 during a 27-game regular season win streak. Jake, that is impossible without a good quarterback. You do not do that in spite of your quarterback. You cannot do that in the SEC without a good quarterback. So to hear Roddy White blanket statement and say Stetson Bennett is not a good quarterback is mind-numbingly stupid. Am I right or am I wrong? You are 100% right. That margin of victory is huge points scored. unbelievable. Like, no matter how good of a defense you have, yes, uh, when, you, when you're putting up that many amount of points and winning by these margins that they're winning, um, I mean, it's just just people just taking stuff for granted. It's just yes, uh, just just can't can't be satisfied. Um, just all all these all these things you can kind of rebel love talk to about. hate. Just love to hate. Um, man, just just be grateful. Uh, the dogs are winning. They're winning well. Got another chance uh, at a national championship back to back. I mean, when's the last time we've had this conversation? 1981? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, to go back to back, I, this is insane. <laughs> I quote tweeted Roddy White's tweet. And I said, this is an interesting tweet. Hashtag not a good QB. So I went to my research department, uh, the six inches between my ears, and I said, who are great QBs right now? Who are undoubtedly great QBs in college football right now? So I tweeted out, Hendon Hooker is a great QB. Tennessee had two losses this year. Everyone said, Will Levis, Kentucky's quarterback, is a certified first-round draft pick. Kentucky, LOL, great season. C.J. Stroud's amazing, right? Heisman frontrunner all season long. What just happened against Michigan, right, in Columbus, Ohio? And then Caleb Williams, who's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Hey, he is spectacular, no doubt about it. Will they even make the college football playoff? They lost to Utah and Salt Lake City. They have to play Utah again in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 championship. You know, Stetson, hey, he's just not good. Granted, a 27-game win streak, a national championship, whooping up on Michigan last year, one of the top defenses in the country. So my question became, what is the criteria here? And Mark Zinno, who's on Atlanta radio, he tweets back at me and says, want to bet all those guys get drafted ahead of Stetson Bennett? And I said, no shit, dude. I mean, that's not the argument here. We all know. That's exactly what I just said. I just gave you five spectacular quarterbacks in right next to Stetson Bennett said they have not accomplished what Stetson Bennett has accomplished. So is it a referendum Jake on Stetson being on too good of teams? Because if that is the conversation, then you better in the same breath say that Kirby smart is one of the greatest head coaches of all time. And these two Georgia teams are the best teams in college football history because they've done what they've done with a bad quarterback. Right, you can't have one without the, without other. the other. Yeah, that's a great argument, great take. Uh, sometimes, man, you just, just need a little logic out there. But I, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to: Are you winning football games? Yes, you're winning football games. You're winning them well. Um, and I think all Stetson has to do uh, just play three more football games and win those, and let the haters say what they want. And the haters will go in circles. Mark Zeno comes back, and I said, what are you even arguing? I, I said, I- I'm so confused. Are you arguing about arm talent? Are you arguing about NFL prospects? Are you yeah, arguing yeah. about height and weight? And he said, I'm arguing that being an effective college QB on a good, great team 
doesn't always amount to being a good QB. This isn't an overwhelming observation. And I said, so does that mean the five quarterbacks that I just gave you aren't effective? Or are they just on bad teams? Like you, you cannot make this argument by sticking by the fact by saying Stetson's bad quarterback. Because quite simply, Jake, you and I know this. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. He's an extremely effective quarterback. And as my man, three-year letterman says, he has a hard time turning doorknobs because he wears so many rings. That's where he's at right now. <laughs> That's where he's at right now. I get, oh, I get yeah. heated about this, Jake, but you have the best perspective on it. So I just want you to tell me, finally, how would you assess Stetson Bennett as a quarterback? The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Yeah, I, I think people want to get sought up, uh, uh, you know, where's Stetson going to go at the next level? Where's he going to get drafted? Okay, all that stuff is just, um, it's, it's projections about what you could be. Um, they're going to project this and, and, and say this, where's the ceiling, where his floor, where's his floor. Um, but at the end of the day, at this level, at this time, he's playing for the number one Georgia Bulldogs. They're winning football games and he has an opportunity to go back to back. Um, and when he was in the Heisman race I know. For uh, all year, um should have been talked about a lot more early um but dude dude's balling out let him ball out haters gonna hate and instead i just i hope you stick it to him man no doubt he's got such a great opportunity to literally just laugh at so many people for the rest of his life um and as it stands right now george is gonna have a really good chance to repeat i i in in finality of this i tweeted out and i said you bet your ass that a guy like Roddy White, who pretty much has everything in the world except one thing, and it's one thing that money can't buy, and that's a championship, you bet your ass that he would take Stetson Bennett, or hell, even myself, Drew Butler, throw me in at quarterback, if it meant he could get a ring. That is what the game is all about. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We'll just continue to watch Stetson chase championships. Great take um, right there, DB. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So they finished 12-0, Georgia does, for a second straight year. They beat Georgia Tech 37-14. to 14. 
Now they turn their attention to LSU for the SEC championship game. Uh, but before we started taping, you said that was the quintessential noon Sanford Stadium, Georgia win. A little bit sleepy at first, maybe a little uneasy towards halftime. Then dogs come back out, put them away. It's a no-brainer. And I tended to agree with you. I was like, yeah, one, school wasn't in session. Two, it was a Saturday after the holiday. Three, a lot of distractions. And four, you knew Tech was going to bring it. Coach yeah. Brent Key in the interim tag, he's already knocked off two ranked opponents. It was their chance to ruin Georgia's perfect season. But it really wasn't even a close game, Jake. Yeah, no, I mean, it was to me, watching it, it was the most Georgia thing ever, uh, coming out slow on a noon game. Uh, I mean, kudos to Tech, man. They came out, yeah. they they brought it, uh, did well. There was two drop passes early that they that Tech had, uh, and I think if they catch those balls, oh, ooh, uh, man, uh, you might be getting a little uncomfortable in your seat there. Like, what's going to happen here? Um, but you're you're watching it, and the whole time, you you know what the outcome's going to be. You know the dogs are going to win. It's just at what point do they turn it on and really start playing? like they're capable of playing. Um, I like the way we finished. Give us a little bit of momentum going into uh, this week uh, in the SC Championship. Uh, but it's just, a, gosh, just a, a, an Athens yeah. Saturday noon game where just come out slow. Just just part of you. You're going to get one or two of those every year, uh, and that just happened to be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That one play, I think it was like a misdirection play action and Demos Johnson bit. The tight end was wide oh, open yeah. behind him for a touchdown and just oh, dropped yeah. it. Just yep. dropped his touchdown, dropped seven it. points. Yep. And then there was another one with a speed slot guy. He was going to go take it to the house as well. And it it, it wasn't until the, uh, the uh, Georgia Tech was backed up, fourth down, punting you in and on, uh, and then low, low snap, yep. dropped the ball, and then they get the turnover – uh, right there. So it wasn't until that turning point in the game where they got some momentum going and was able to get into the end zone. I, I might be misquoting this, but I think I saw it in Kirby's press conference from today where maybe a defensive player said it after the game or a reporter caught up on it, but the defense essentially said, if you give us a 13 point lead, we're going to win the game. And I would hundred percent subscribe to that. Meaning if Georgia gets up by 13 points at any point in the game, they should win the game. Um, I would agree with that for sure. And you're, you are 100% correct. As soon as that fumbled muff punt happened, uh, it was game over. And George game wasn't over. looking back. And they had an opportunity to cover late. Then Carson Beck fumbled the ball. Tech runs the halfback pass. And then it was a 37-14 to 14 victory. So dogs undefeated. Spirited effort by the Jackets. We'll get to that head coaching vacancy here in just a second on third down because this coaching carousel is starting to spin. But before we get to third down... It's the Solomon Brothers Jewelers Big Watch of the Week. It's Conference Championship Weekend, people. We have a lot of fantastic games on deck, starting, of course, with the SEC Championship game. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, SEC on CBS. Right now, Georgia's ranked number one in the AP poll. LSU with three losses, making it to the SEC Championship game. They are sitting at 11th in the AP poll. Georgia, win or lose, it seems like they're making it to the college football playoff. LSU drops to Texas A&M last week, so their playoff hopes are done, but they certainly could still make it to a New Year's Six Bowl if they beat the Dogs. The Pac-12 championship game, Jake, Friday night action in Las Vegas. Number 14, again, in the AP poll, Utah 
taking on number four, USC. Utah beat USC in the regular season on a last-second two-point conversion. Caleb Williams, dude, guy is balling. He's got to be your Heisman favorite right now, right? Yeah, I think he's certainly the Heisman favorite. Watching the uh, USC-Notre Dame game from this past weekend, um, just uh, uh, his arm is great, the ball placement where he's putting it, and that he is just shifty enough with his legs to just get out of trouble, move the sticks, get a first down. Um, So he can beat you a lot of different ways. Uh, I'm curious to see what he will look like playing against a Michigan defense, playing against the Georgia defense. Uh, guys a little bigger, guys a little faster. Can he still do the same things he's doing there? Out and a lot of preparation too, weeks of prep before those yep. playoff games. Yeah, so we'll we'll find out. Um, but he's got to win this one first to be in and, and in those talks. So big, big football game. No doubt. College game day is going to the Big 12 championship game in Arlington, Texas. That, of course, is in Jerry World. Number 12, Kansas State taking on number three, TCU. Look, I've been on TCU all season long. They look great. They just dominated Iowa State a week ago to finish the regular season undefeated. But do not sleep on Kansas State. That is not to say TCU is not good. That is not me saying I am doubting TCU. I think Kansas State is really good. Remember, last year, Oklahoma State win the Big 12 championship, and you are in the college football playoff TCU in that same predicament this year. Watch out. K-State could play upset. Michigan plays Purdue in the Big Ten Championship, and then Clemson plays North Carolina Ooh, in the ACC mm. Championship without much anticipation in that matchup. But it's championship weekend. It is the Solomon Brothers Big Watch of the Week. And, of course, we will give all those game breakdowns for you on Thursday's episode of Punt and Pass. All right, Jake, third down, the coaching carousel is starting to spin. Right before we started recording this episode, Hugh Freeze has been reportedly hired at Auburn. Um, So that is unofficially official. All the reporters of guys that I trust, like Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated and some others, are saying this is now a done deal. So Hugh Freeze to Auburn, Matt Rule to Nebraska. That was really the first one. That got announced, I believe, on Saturday morning because Nebraska played Iowa on Friday. That's by all intents and purposes, a great hire. Matt rule has built programs back up like Baylor and temple. And of course had a short stint as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Lane Kiffin staying at Ole Miss Luke fickle to Wisconsin leaves Cincinnati. Then a couple more that we are waiting to see what happens. Where does Dion go? Who does Georgia tech hire? Interesting times, Jake. Interesting Dude, times. Any thoughts? Interesting times for sure. Uh, the Hugh Freeze to Auburn. That is a uh, man. That's a, a big deal. I had no did idea. Recruited by Hugh? Uh, I did. I uh, went to Ole Miss. Had a meeting with him. Uh, uh, I mean, they they were balling there at Ole Miss. So yeah. they had a lot of things going on. Um, dang, yeah, uh, man. I, so I knew. So Lane was number one. Hugh was number two. But then I, th- I heard there was some backfire about should we hire him, should we not yeah. hire him? Uh, and then it was kind of like, all right, well, who's number three uh, in this deal? I guess it doesn't matter anymore because he's hired there. Um, and reports are that he will be keeping Cadillac Williams. That's the reports. Who knows yeah, I, I, I think you got to. It's just 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 one of those legacy guys you just can't can't get rid of. There's no reason to get rid of him, obviously. But it's just kind of one of those legacy guys you just have to – integrate into in a part of of your staff um to me the most surprising deal is luke fickle to wisconsin um 
one, I, I thought he should have been in the talks for even the Auburn job. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I just, I, I thought he was moving up, going to get a big job. And then Wisconsin, I thought I was kind of out of the blue. Uh, Lane staying at Ole Miss. What does that say about the last two weeks of their season and how that finished up? I, I mean, what, what does that say about what's going on there? Is that a question for me? This question for you. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because Jimmy Sexton is obviously Lane's agent. Jimmy Sexton yeah. is also Hugh Freeze's agent. Jimmy Sexton is every single coach's agent that makes 100%. north of $6 million. Um, yep. You know, good for him. So he's obviously pulling the puppet strings. Um, when it's being reported that Lane is staying at Ole Miss, and then in the next 30 seconds it comes out, Auburn's going to hire Hugh Freeze. Who do you think yeah. is saying that? It's Jimmy oh, yeah. Sexton, right? Yep. He's pulling – the strengths, meaning I don't know if they over negotiated the Lane Kiffin deal at Auburn. Um, I don't know if there was some pushback to where Ole Miss threw a bag at Lane and said, hey, we got to keep you here. That made him say no to Auburn. But there was certainly playing two sides of the coin by Lane's agent. Was Lane distracted? I mean, I'm sure where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And there was a ton mm -hmm. of smoke around Lane Kiffin going to Auburn. That obviously doesn't happen. Ole Miss has a very poor finish to the season. They lose the Egg Bowl on Thursday night in yeah. a wild game. That was an unbelievable game on Thanksgiving night. Um, and now you're sitting there going, well, why did you do that to us? Like, could you not have just come out at the beginning and said, I'm staying here, don't listen to anything? Granted, he was very vocal on social media, right? Like, he was very much vocal on social media, Lane Kiffin was. But you would have to imagine there is a direct correlation with how Ole Miss's season finished and what was happening behind the scenes with Lane Kiffin, but he stays at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze yep. goes to Auburn. I'm here. My sources are telling me Bill O'Brien is still in the running for the Georgia Tech job. It was reported that Willie Fritz from Tulane, who's playing yeah. for a New Year's Six Bowl at Tulane, yeah. is yeah. going to take that job. I don't think that was going to happen while they're going to go play for an American Athletic Conference championship. Um, and then even Deion Sanders. I was on social media today, the number one you know, platform to find truth and all things. <laughs> and they were saying Dion could still be in the mix at tech. Supposedly Dion's been offered the Colorado job. Yep. I don't know, but this is not the end of the firings. It's certainly not the end of the hirings. The carousel goes round and round. It's silly season right now, brother. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely silly. You're exactly right. Um, I mean, there's just, who, who's the next domino in the, who's the next piece in that domino effect uh, that's going to go to, see everything else because I, I thought the, the first one was lane auburn then if it wasn't lane it was hugh freeze at auburn okay now what's next is it you know the the, the cincinnati job is a great job and now that one's because fickle just left like could they go pull somebody or pull a big assistant you know or, i don't think oh yeah or with a higher in house right. yeah well all very interesting um, oh my gosh very very interesting for sure so Coaching carousel. That's it. All right, let's round this episode up. We'll go inside the five, recap what happened. We talked about Georgia beating Tech 37 to 14. Michigan, man, I was all over that when I said Michigan's going to win. Give me the seven and a half points. 45 to 23. Dominated. They not looking the second good. half. Yeah. yeah, they were not looking good really through the first quarter and a half. And dude, they turned it on and whooped up on Ohio State, beat them by over 20 at home. Do you have any Michigan or Ohio State guys on the commanders? Was there some chirping in the locker room? <laughs> yeah there was a little bit um but uh what was surprising to me was kind of how they won um they didn't have their stud running back he, he played a little bit there at the yeah. beginning but then he kind of um didn't really play I guess wasn't quite feeling right uh on his injury 
Um, but they won it by big plays. I wasn't expecting that for them to win that way by all the explosiveness uh, in their offense. I thought they were just going to move the sticks, move the chains, um, kind of run it here, pop pass here, naked here. But, man, they got explosive. They broke some tackles, had a few big hit home runs. So, dude, watch out, man. I Michigan, know. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan's got a little bag of tricks there. Uh, watch out. They do, and they had the experience of going to the playoff last year, playing against Georgia, getting whooped up on a lot of that same core group. So J.J. McCarthy but, has that offense rolling, and Kay McNamara just entered the transfer portal today. I don't know if you saw that, but it's also no, I did not. season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge for their program. After not having a whole lot of success in that rivalry against Ohio State for a long time there, and to win not just show that last year was a fluke, but to do it again in a dominating fashion, uh, man, they got, they got something rolling in Michigan. Watch out, no man. Hardball. Doubt. No doubt. Totally agree with you there. They'll probably win the big 10 championship. Watch out Purdue maybe, but I think Michigan goes back to back big 10 champs. Iron bowl, Alabama with a crazy second quarter whoops up on Auburn yeah. 49 to 27 looked like Bryce Young's last game. Will Anderson's last game inside Bryant Denny, pretty funny coach Saban ran into a player shoulder. Yeah. You saw him after the game, but he had a yeah. funny quote after the game. He said, before you, you see, see the other guy, <laughs> I love that. That was classic. Um, and then you just saw their smug smiles after that game, knowing they still have a chance to get into the playoff. So you just, you just had that sense right after that game finished up. SC beats Notre Dame 38 to 27. Caleb Williams atop the Heisman race. But South Carolina mm. goes into Clemson and Beamer balls the Tigers. They win 31 to 30. They were down big. I thought Clemson was going to cover in the first half. Spencer Rattler turned it on. South Carolina finds some defense and they beat Clemson for the first time in I want to say almost 10 years. Um, and Coach Beamer reportedly now getting an extension. They beat Tennessee and Clemson, two top 10 ranked teams in back-to-back weeks. Good for the Gamecocks, right? Good for the Gamecocks, Jake. Good for the Beam team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Shane Beamer is loving it uh, right now because, I mean, just what a way to finish. Uh, I mean, to have one, the opportunity in your schedule – to play two back-to-back top 10, top 10 teams, uh, and then to win those football games, one at home and then one on the road against a rival. That's, oh. a, bit, that's a big deal now. Uh, and then Spencer Rattler is playing like the way we knew he was capable of playing. Um, it was just, w- was the right Spencer Rattler going to show up that day? Uh, obviously he did. Um, and then DJU did not have a very, very good game. And Dabo doubling down saying DJ is going to start the ACC championship game. So yeah. <sighs> crazy times, dude, crazy times. And Clemson not going to be in the college football playoff. Ohio state possibly not going to be in the college football playoff. Alabama possibly not going to be in the college football playoff. I don't think anybody saw that scenario playing out before this regular season started, but there is still a lot of football left to be played on conference championship weekend, Jake. Yeah. One, one point I want to make here, uh, just, I just want to, it's just like a, an opportunities missed one by the ACC conference. And then two by the SEC West, Alabama has a down year. Yep. Is an opportunity for an A&M and Ole Miss uh, even in Auburn, let's say, to have an opportunity to represent. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't do it. 
Um, they missed our opportunity. And even, even LSU uh, for that. They, Three like, losses playing in the SEC championship game. You know, I they, like they're, they're there. That's great. They didn't have a chance to get the, the, the uh, college football playoff anymore. But, hey, there's, there's an opportunity missed there by some teams, the SEC West, uh, and then the ACC too. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah. the, them as a whole in a conference didn't really have uh, great teams there uh, this year. And then Clemson, they missed out on an opportunity. They could have uh, – all they had to do was win this football game, win next weekend, and then they have a chance to get in. They would have definitely right there in front of them. It would have definitely been an, 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 a good argument, and they missed out on an opportunity. You're 100% right. Um, I lost to LSU in an SEC championship game, and you lost to LSU in an SEC championship game. Georgia is going to have a great opportunity to win another SEC championship, their first since 2017. You can make the argument that it's harder to win an SEC championship than it is a national championship, and we, 100%. of course, will dive into all of that on Thursday's episode of Punt and Pass. Before we let you go, though, we got to say a huge shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Again, people, you have until Wednesday to get entered to win one of two $1,000 gift cards to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. All you have to do, subscribe to the Punt and Pass YouTube channel and follow Solomon Brothers on Instagram, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. They've got two amazing locations, one in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon, the other in Buckhead, 17th floor tower place. If you're going to go with your significant other, rest assured, you can go in there. They've got cocktails. They've got cold beer. They've got TVs where you can watch football. So you're killing two birds with one stone. Make the significant other in your life very, very happy. You don't have to miss a thing. You can even catch a little buzz inside the showroom if that will get you to spend a little bit extra. Solomon Brothers is the best place to do it. And hey, how about this? If you go in and you're not one of the winners of those $1,000 gift cards, just mention the Punt and Pass podcast, mention myself, mention Jake Fromm. You can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Check them out, SolomonBrothers.com. The store is for anyone with any budget. And as you already know, they're the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. SolomonBrothers.com. Jake, anything on the way out, brother? Man, uh, excited for this weekend's coming up games. We will talk a little bit more about it on the next episode. Let's do it. Absolutely. Follow him at From Jake. I am at Drew Butler. We are at Punt and Pass, puntandpass.com. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. 
And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.